0: Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight featuring commentary by Democrat Peter Hanna, Republican Dr. Jay Kinsler, Democrat Dave Lundy, and Republican Judith Sherwin. Our program tonight coming to you from the National Radio Hall of Fame studios, specifically the Paul and Angel Harvey studios at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in downtown Chicago. Nice to have you with us this evening. Folks, I want to begin with uh, the the House of Representatives is going to soon decide whether or not they're proceeding with articles of impeachment, which start next week. And obviously the Senate will then go to uh, a a trial, if indeed a trial is warranted. Uh, But then uh, the American people are ultimately going to vote next November, unless uh, uh, maybe the president is gone by then. At this moment in time, based on what you have read what you experience on a daily basis, you may hang around with a lot of partisan friends, but my question is in in the in the battle for the heart and soul or the hearts and minds of the American people, in the court of public opinion, who do you think is winning that war right now? We'll start with Judith sherwin, a republican uh
1: well, based on on what I've been hearing the last couple of weeks, it appears that the President is winning that battle of public opinion. Uh, His popularity with all of this stuff that's been going on, it's been going up. Uh, He seems uh, to be winning this battle. And, I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons for that seems to be that the Democrats can't seem to articulate a reason. They keep switching from one thing to another.
0: Dave Lundy, you hang around with different people. What's your answer to the same question? Uh, it
2: will come as no surprise to you that i don 't have the same answer as Judith. Um, I think the uh, the congress uh, democratic the intelligence committee. Uh, did a really good job of laying out the case. Um, but I think that the, your question is, who's winning that battle in the American people? Right. And the answer is, it's a draw. Um, while on the one hand, polls say 70% of the American people think the president did something wrong, fifty only 50% want him impeached and removed, 50% don't. Um, I'm going to give you a, an early prediction on this, which is that I don't think when it comes to next November... This is going to be the most important factor. Okay.
0: Dr. Jay Kinsler joins us. Uh, doctor, your uh, reaction and answer to the same question. Who's winning this? You're out there talking to well, people every day when you're campaigning.
3: When, when I refer to the other side, I'm going to refer to the left rather than Democrats. Because what I'm finding, you know, I, I've been out campaigning, signatures, probably talked to 5,000 people over the last six weeks on train station platforms, Oktoberfest, church groups, et cetera. And there's a lot of Democrats that like our president. And I'm talking about firefighters, police, many of the people in the uh, trades unions. And, you know, the, the left has decided the day after the election that they didn't want Trump as their president. And now they've just been kind of fabricating things ever since then to try to delegitimize him or basically try to find some crime to say or saddle him with so that they so can these, get him out so of office. So these
0: Democrats are buying into that. Now, Peter Hanna is our other Democrat of city. Peter, nice to have you with us. Thanks. Uh, what's your reaction to the people you hang around with and you've got a good sense of what the public yeah. is interested in?
4: I mean, I, yeah, I have a lot of conversations with folks on, you know, both sides of the aisle and both sides of the ideological spectrum or all sides really. Um, and I think, I, I also think it's a draw, um, you know, as a, as an attorney and a, Professor and someone who has, you know, been pu- published articles on constitutional law. Um, I think it's very clear that what the president has done is commit impeachable crimes, um, and I think he should be impeached and removed. But I don't think, it, as far as the intelligence committee hearings and the judiciary committee's uh, hearings that are happening now, I don't think they've really moved the needle in a way that would, you know, make me feel comfortable with what's going to happen in the Senate. You know, I don't think it's going to result in uh, the president being removed.
0: Has there been any smoking gun at any of these hearings? Is there any? Is there anything that you said while you were said when you were watching them, not reading about them, when you're actually watching? Said, oh my God! This person either really screwed up or really helped our side. Well,
1: I think you know when when Sondland, of course, who's the only person who's actually spoken to the president about any of this uh, in connection with the Ukraine. Uh, He gave his opening statement and said, oh, there was definitely a quid pro quo, which, of course, was splashed all over the Internet by CNN and MSNBC. In the afternoon, he made it very clear that not only was there no quid pro quo, he asked the president specifically, what do you want? And the president said, I don't want anything I want him to live up to his word, meaning I want him to live up to what he ran on and what he got elected on. So, I mean— you know unless you're a mind reader and you have a decoder ring where you think that when the president says I want nothing he means I want something it seems pretty clear that he doesn't <clears throat> want anything and then there's i mean there's there's Jordan Jim Jordan's four facts right and one of them is there was no investigation there was there was um there was no quid pro quo. The money was released. But he had his meeting in the Oval Office, and he had his meeting at the United get, Nations. I want to get back
0: to what how each side views what they've been watching on television and reading about it. Uh, David, are are you happy with the way that the Democrats have have sort of made their case? I mean, was there an aha moment for you, or a gotcha moment for you, or were there several?
2: Yeah, I mean. The, I- the answer is I was very happy with how the Intelligence Committee made their case. I thought that they were extremely effective um, in building brick by brick by brick. I think, Including you know, Adam Schiff. Especially Adam yeah. Schiff. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. As a prosecutor, I think he did a phenomenal job. Um, the Judiciary Committee there's a reason Adam Schiff was given this job it's because uh, um, Jerry um, Nadler Nadler, was not was not the guy you want as the face of the Democratic Party in this process unfortunately he now is the face of the Democratic Party in this process and I have no idea why they had a law seminar on Wednesday uh, of this past week it it struck me as a bizarre thing to do as a as a recovering lawyer myself it gave me flashbacks Um, I, I, I just didn't see the point
0: did you see the point, uh, Jay? No, you Bring, know, in the, bringing in the again, law professors.
3: I'm kind of more of a common sense, basic kind of <clears throat> transplant surgeon. You know, I I see physiology, I see science, I see facts. You know, the Ukraine, which is known as a very corrupt country, has been got, has already received 1.5 billion dollars in aid from us, and this was going to be a release of an additional 400 million dollars. If you're in charge of that money, i.e. President Trump was in charge of releasing that money. You want to make darn sure that that money is being spent appropriately and wisely, and not being squandered away. So I I applaud him. And if, if for instance I am fortunate enough to get into this to Congress, I would basically look into how those monies are being spent. And, and but, what,
0: but what about bringing up the subject of Burisma and uh, Biden's son uh, during a conversation with? the president of Ukraine. Was that right or wrong? I mean, a lot of Republicans say, you know what? I don't think oh. the call was right, but I don't think he should be thrown out of, out of I think out he for, was just are you bringing that, up one of those Republicans.
3: I just think he was bringing up an example of a corruption, which he knew about, which is Biden's son getting $50,000 $50, a month for doing no we'll hear job. We'll
0: Democrats respond to that when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont, one 800 723 8029 from coast to coast and border to border, around the world also on beyondthebeltway.com. Thanks for joining us tonight. you.
5: from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cyndi Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV.
6: For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theater's A Christmas Carol. For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at goodmantheater.org. Our
0: lawyers have been at it. Uh, We haven't brought the uh, surgeon in yet, but boy, during the break, the lawyers were making their appeal and making their points. The Democrats wanted to make a point, uh, so we'll go to you, Peter, uh, based on what was said in the last segment.
4: Oh, um, I mean, uh, the sort of to your earlier question about the uh, the panel of law professors, I think it's, it's common practice for the Judiciary Committee to put up law professors to establish what the constitutional and legal basis for an impeachment proceeding is. I think the one criticism we heard out of the Republicans elected uh, law professor was it was happening too quickly. He actually did say that, you know, if proven, the quid pro, quid pro quo of withholding military aid for a personal political favor could be an impeachable offense. But he said it happened too quickly, which I, I did find really funny because the Timing between the Bill Clinton announcement of the impeachment investigation and the impeachment you know, vote was about 75 days. We're right in line with that right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Judith, you were making a point as well? Well— You th- had said something very uh, uh, inflammatory during the break, and the Democrats have pleaded with you to repeat that.
1: Well, before I repeat that, I, I, wanted, to make, I, no, I wanted to make a point about what the doctor said about— um, about the Burisma situation and the corruption in the Ukraine. The United States is under a treaty obligation going back to 1993, signed by Bill Clinton, to cooperate with Ukraine in the investigation of corruption. So when the president was talking to uh, the president of Ukraine about corruption, he was actually fulfilling his treaty obligation, number one. The fact that Joe Biden is running for president doesn't give him a free pass on potential corruption issues that he might have participated in. Now, I would probably be a lot happier if his name hadn't come up. I'd be a lot happier if his son hadn't gotten $83,000 a month while he was the person in the Obama administration in charge of the Ukraine. But it is what it is. The president mentioned it. He did not say Anything like a quid pro quo. And the fact that he said do us a favor is not exactly a mob boss asking for a favor for his Dave personal— Dave Lundy
4: is exactly like that. Probably. No, it he isn't. Is a, I, it I, is. I,
2: I, I find it astonishing that—I don't know whether you actually believe what you're saying about the president um, and his concern over corruption. because I it do. seems. I do. Well, well let okay. Then congratulations the because it seems to be the only— The only place the president cares about corruption is with Ukraine and Joe Biden (laughs) and Burisma. Um, Because, you know, the funny thing is uh, Bibi Netanyahu was indicted. He has actually been indicted in Israel. I haven't heard a word from the president about concern about corruption in Israel. If you
1: want to discuss... No, no, hang Bibi on, Maybe Netanyahu and what he was indicted it. for, I'd be happy to do that, okay? <laughs> Judith,
4: let him finish.
2: Judith, the point right. is that the president has selective concern only in regard to Joe Biden and Ukraine, and the notion that this was some high-minded investigation warranted by treaty is absurd and belied by the facts, and belied by the fact that every single individual in that chain has testified that what happened was wrong. And the people who haven't oh, testified every, every what happened, and the people who testified haven't testified about what it, happened was wrong, no, and were the people that the president has blocked from testifying
0: every,
5: are, you, are you are you are it.
0: are you judy are are you uh satisfied that the president made the right decision by not letting uh Rudy and uh Mulvaney uh testify was that a good legal decision on the part of of the president
1: as a legal decision a yeah. question of executive privilege absolutely yeah. okay. executive yeah. privilege is is a absolutely. recognized uh defense
0: should and it, something used, wrong shouldn't with it, it have been used for more people i mean are there people who have testified that uh that should not have been i mean ambassador sondland had he cho- had he chosen not to go there or if the president would have said that's that's confidential information it seems to be there's a selectivity between which members of the administration are going and which ones are not going. I think
1: with with respect to executive privilege, there is a limited group that falls into that category. I'm not sure. I haven't done the legal research on it, but I'm not sure that he could claim Mm -hmm. executive privilege with his conversations with the ambassador. And the ambassador um, being allowed to testify, I I mean, I don't know how you get beyond the ambassador saying – When he was asked directly, did the president tell you not to release the aid? Did the president tell you he wanted a quid pro quo? And he said, absolutely not. Now, how do you get beyond
0: that? I have no idea. Peter,
4: how do you get beyond that particular point? Judy may not have done the research. I I have and many others have. Um, The way the president is asserting executive privilege is across the board to everyone. The people who did testify testified contravening the will of the president. The State Department put out a notice to basically all employees do not respond to congressional subpoenas. The people who stepped forward and testified did so against the president's wishes and instructions. They did so for their own reasons. Um, But there is this belief now that obviously some people who uh, are Republicans and Bill Barr, who I think is a horrible – I'll reserve that for later – believe that this idea of the executive privilege being, you know, absolute – and I mean, I, I can't I feel like I'm in a parallel universe in which the, the framers biggest fear of this country having a leader who has king like powers is happening. I mean, it's completely astonishing. I, I mean, I have tons of friends who are Republicans, people who are more conservative than both of you guys combined squared, um, you know, and I'm seeing several of them kind of just, you know, Buckle down, and this like Trump can do no wrong. Everything he's after corruption in Ukraine. He's after, uh, and it's just it's it's baloney. Well, then back, hard, I, I exactly. guess
0: back back to my original question about who's winning the the the, the no. battle it, of the heart. And the I fight. think that's the has important the issue, point. And that's, the issues. Right. Have the issues involving by bringing up Barisma and by bringing up Joe Biden's son has he basically. Even though he's taken a lot of flack for that conversation, has he poisoned the well for the Democrats? I mean, Joe Biden is still leading in, in, in all the national polls. He's not leading in Iowa. But right. I mean is, how badly as a Democrat? You're, you, how badly as a Democrat and as a political operative, Dave, do you feel that uh, Joe Biden has been hurt by this?
2: Well, first of all, I don't think that Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. I've yeah. said that for a year. Okay. Um, and that's why so, there was no quid
7: okay.
3: so, pro quo.
2: I don't
7: think
3: Trump considers Joe Biden even a threat, and I don't, I don't know, think he considers him a threat whatsoever. Very clear. When, when Joe makes all those weird
2: comments—
1: Absolutely you can tell absolutely said the level
0: opposite. Of David, 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 floor has David.
2: You can tell the number of uh, how threatened he feels by how many tweets he puts out. And he put out hundreds of tweets about Joe Biden. So with all due respect, I would say that if you think he's get, feeling threatened by somebody else, watch who he tweets about. Right. That you just
3: week, said yourself this past he's week, not going to win.
0: This past week in Iowa, oh. Joe Biden at a public forum was asked a question about Burisma. And uh, it went viral. And let's take a look at it right now. Not only the comment, but also Joe Biden's response.
7: We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with gas or nothing. So... You're, you're selling access to the president just like he was. So you You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that? I you didn't understand? say you were doing anything wrong. You I said, said I set up my son to work
0: in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your words straight, Jack. Yeah. All right. Okay. right. Uh, you've just said you're not a big fan of Joe Biden's. I don't know where you stand on Joe Biden, but as a piece of video... Does that help or hurt Joe Biden's – is he a father standing up for his son, or is he a political candidate not uh, uh, taking into consideration what most
4: people think?
2: Yes.
4: (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. I'm uh, I'm with Dave. I mean, I told you probably a year ago there's no way Joe Biden will be the nominee. But, you know, Donald Trump wasn't in the room to hear that, and he goes by polls, and polls show that his, you know, base of – basically the voters, the 80,000 or so people who decided the election – you know, they could go back and forth on Biden and Trump because, you know, I think they both have a similar sort of appeal. So he is most threatened by Biden, or was at least when he had the conversation with this uh, Ukrainian. Do you,
0: know, I mean, you think well,
3: that's true? No. no. Joe Biden's way beyond his prime. I mean, there's just countless examples that he'll, uh, where he was talking this week about the hair on his legs and how he like kids sitting on his thighs. I mean, the guy's just inappropriate and he's a little bit off base. I, I, I can the tell you that Trump, Trump does not consider
0: place. him. I, I,
3: I would say probably yet to be named uh, at right. this point, probably yet to be I named. I, Congress I, Congress I, I cannot see any of the current group of Democrats even coming close to touching Trump. And um, it's just uh, they're, it's just a, a charade of, of jokers.
1: I mean you agree I agree with that. Absolutely Ready? I agree with that. I think all the de- I think Nancy Pelosi agrees with that. I think the Democrats agree with that. The left agrees with that. That's what this whole impeachment charade is about except for the part that's about the
0: uh, IG's report
1: that's well, coming out back- tomorrow I'll that they're trying to get I'll around.
0: Go back to the Democrats and get their response. You said that you were you were correct. I I do recall you say both of you I've, you've said on this program you did you were not fans of Joe Biden. So if it isn't Joe Biden, knowing what you know now, and now we have you know a couple of new candidates in the race, and Kamala Harris you know fell by the wayside, uh, who who is someone that can beat Donald
4: Trump? Peter. I mean, I think all these candidates really have a good chance of, of fighting uh, beating Donald Trump. You know, you can keep the snide, snarky laughter I, to yourself. I mean, I mean, And you can let me finish th- as well without actually taking ahead, the mic. finish. But um, that's... I think, you know, Donald Trump is a noxious, toxic presence in this country. He has embodied corruption in the highest office. He has put America behind, uh, made it a laughing stock, which he said he would. I mean, you literally have world leaders laughing at him multiple times but wait a let's well, talk just, about just the, the world facts. leaders then well, as a matter of respect let me yeah. please give me a uh, doctor that the opportunity to finish so as a matter of respect
1: you might try to get your facts judy, straight
4: uh, i don't think you'd know a fact if it literally fell on your head oh, so let me oh, come on let, cut that out I, um judy just cut it. Just do you need a break no you need a break i think you
1: need a break no Here. i think you um, need a break water, and let me just cut one. it out judy Say, something. Say things
4: loudly Say, at people. No. Is Say something. It not respectful? Say something. I you to be quiet for something. I think you need to be quiet. To be quiet.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're do going do to pause. Point. We are all going to take a break and be
8: back. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e verify system to prevent illegal hiring but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require E-Verify, raise wages, and recruit left behind Americans. See what voters want at everifyworks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA because numbers count.
9: Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain, and reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area.
0: Come on. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thank you very much. Let's let four guests now all introduce themselves after a very heated break. And we begin with Peter Hanna. Peter? My
4: name is Peter Hanna. I'm a professor of law. I'm an attorney. I've worked in constitutional and civil liberties issues for many years, and I'm really glad to be here.
0: Judith Sherwin.
1: I'm Judith Sherwin. I'm an attorney in Chicago. I'm also an adjunct professor at Loyola University, where I teach a number of topics, including the First Amendment and ethics and um, writing.
0: David Lundy, welcome back. Thank it's been a you. while.
2: Thank you. I'm uh, Dave Lundy, president of uh, Aileron Communications, a peer and public affairs firm. Uh, I want to wish a special happy birthday to Roger Simon, Michael Bauer's husband. Um, I'm channeling, doing my best to channel my inner Mike Bauer tonight.
0: Okay. And Dr. Jay Kinsler.
3: Hi. So my name is Dr. Gordon J. Kinsler. I'm a colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve. Uh, still in, joined at the ripe old age of 49. And uh, my day job is I'm a kidney transplant surgeon. I work at Elmhurst Hospital as a urologist, running for Congressional District 6 for all those out there in Congressional District
0: 6. And you're running in a primary to retire Sean Kasten, a Democratic member of Congress. Yes. May turn it uh, red again. Okay. Uh, To those uh, around the country, let me mention that we're having a little problem uh, with modulation, uh, and we're working on that to improve the the quality. And also, on the subject of uh, uh, the program, if you want to give us a call, 1-800-723-8029 is the phone number. Uh, If you want to email me a comment, it's uh, beyondthebeltway2019 at gmail.com. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at dumo at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web at beyondthebeltway.com. You can also uh, join us on Beyond the Beltway Live, Facebook Live, and also on YouTube. And also, uh, last week on this program, I made an appeal uh, for our GoFundMe campaign. It's very important. Uh, that support for the program continues to come in, so we can continue to bring you this program all sides in heated conversations about campaign 2020. If you go to gofundme.com, uh, that money will be used to help the satellite <coughs> delivery of the show in 2020. Thank you all. We had a very good response last week on the program. And again, uh, if you're willing to do that again this week, uh, we would appreciate it very much. Again, gofundme.com, look under beyondthebeltway.com, and you'll find find us. It's very easy to do, and we thank you very much if uh, if you do that. Um, let's come back to where we were before the break. We were in a, an extremely heated conversation uh, between two of our guests. I would say it was probably the most heated conversation we've ever had on this program, and we've had some very heated conversations. And um, uh, there are many people in the country who have Heated conversations with friends or former friends, and so I, so I would just like to take a moment to see, to see if there's anything we can do on this program because we like to have excitable conversations, but we like everybody to speak one at a time, and we like people to be respectful. Now, Peter, you you took exception because you felt that Judith was interrupting too much. Am I summarizing that? I think so. Okay. Now Judith, from your perspective, how did you hear uh what Peter was saying?
1: Well, what I heard was was a complete lack of of reality of anything that 's going on and and a complete unwillingness to listen to anything other than his own point of view, which is is very aggravating and very difficult to listen to so that's, that's... i 'd like to
2: agree with Judith on one point, which is I think that what we are lacking in this country increasingly is a common set of facts um, I I am quite confident that the facts are on our side, um, and I'm quite confident that as you as if you actually look at the facts, not what Fox News tells you to look at, um, th- there are some there are some clear realities. But this has been a trend in this country going back to to the 90s and Rush Lim- I was on a panel in 1992, um, uh, bemoaning uh, what. Right-wing talk radio was doing to uh, citizens' knowledge and citizen facts, and I think that um, you know, look, I I, I don't agree with a word that 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 your other two guests said tonight, um, uh, respectfully, uh, but I, I think that we we really are having a problem in this country with the death of facts, and I think that the constant attacks on the media. Um, that didn't start with the president, in, in fairness. Donald Trump is, has accelerated it. It did not start with him. Um, but early on in his presidency, he told Leslie Stahl, she, she, he was attacking the press, and uh, he asked her, she asked him, why are you doing this? And he said, because that way, when you say something negative about me, nobody will believe you. I think it is intentional, and it is
0: working. But to get Peter back to you, go ahead. Make your point.
4: No, I want to agree with what uh, what Dave said, and I also just want to say that what we're seeing, I think, what is particularly frustrating to me is otherwise, you know, good people um, who have lovely families, who love them, who respect them, who want to spend their time together, um, are bending their perception of reality uh, to accommodate a political position, and it is really it's sad. I mean, what this Senate trial will eventually be, and it's coming it will be a collision of the world of facts with the world of conspiracy. And that sort of dissolution of just, I mean, we have a scientist at the table, you know, a doctor. Um, I have an electrical engineering degree. Like, I, I am very empirical. I'm very fact-driven. I, I, We have to be able to agree. This is a fact. Donald Trump had this call. We can't call it a transcript because when we start getting fast and loose with how we characterize things, the fact-based conclusions that come out of what we've been discussing – as facts, lose credibility.
0: But can, can can different people look at the same
4: facts and come to differing opinions? They can. But to have, you know, respectfully, Judith, um, say that Sondland came out and said no quid pro quo and then completely said no, no, um, say there was quid pro quo in his opening and then say no, there wasn't. You know that that's not a true fact he said a lot of things he also submitted testimony written testimony that he then had to change after other people testified well there
0: was there was post debate or or post hearing analysis that I heard uh, that basically said that sondland you know said one thing early on right. and then later on he he sort of changed his opinion i mean he and, and again I think someone even said, well why did you you know what?" Well, why did you not include this in your summary it's a pretty important piece of information I think it was by the way it was a, it was a different story it was it was the story that an aide had overheard Donald Trump shouting on the phone that was sort of that was sort of like an aside in the hearing it wasn't included in anybody's you know, opening statement. So th- there are there are analysts, and and I and I watched a lot of Fox, and I watched a lot of uh, N- uh, CN- uh, 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 CNN. Uh, but they did agree on that. They thought that Sondland sort of you know said both things: and you, and you, one at the beginning of the hearing, one right. at the end of the hearing. So I can see why people are confused. And by the way, when I asked the question about where we are in the court of public opinion, I do believe there are Republicans and there are Democrats. And their principal goal is to confuse everybody to confuse the facts and I think because that, either the facts the, the facts if you look at them they may not come out the way that a person wants them you're to right, come out you're right. so
4: you uh, yeah. you screw it up and you, I think you, th- I think the media has also played you know some degree uh, you know to some degree that role as well I mean every and Rudy and, Giuliani is one of the best at doing that
2: yeah in obfuscating and confusion
1: yeah and yes.
0: obfuscating. yes for sure Agreed. Okay. would you agree with that
1: That Rudy is is good at obfuscation? No, no.
0: Even though I I don't want to deal with a specific right now. Right. Because you can always find an example that doesn't fit this specific. But But generally speaking, if you were in trouble, right? if you were in trouble and they were throwing everything but the kitchen sink at you, would you want Rudy Giuliani in the court of public opinion to be on your side? In the, I'm
1: not sure I know what that means. Would I want him to be my oh, lawyer?
0: Radio and TV shows all the time
1: speaking well oh, no, no, of you and no, ill of not, your opponent.
0: Not necessarily. No, because
1: there's some things that Rudy says on the radio and the TV that I want to pull my hair out. But I think that Rudy Giuliani is an excellent lawyer. I think he's always been an excellent lawyer. Um, but I, I wanted to to comment on what you said about Juan because I think it's very important and, and I'm going to quote another lawyer who I've never really agreed to up until the last couple of years. It's Alan Dershowitz. The greatest mechanism for getting to the truth of anything is cross-examination. And under cross-examination, Gordon Sondland took back everything he said in his opening statement, including the fact that everybody knew there was a quid pro quo. He absolutely undercut his, his, his testimony. He agreed that the president never asked for anything now, let me just stop and for was a second. very
0: clear that, on that, that point. That is your opinion. No, 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 no. It's, it's your opinion, your interpretation of the cross-examination. Right. Peter, what would you say about the cross examination, and is there anything that Judith just said that you would agree with?
4: What I would agree with Judith about is that um, Sondland's testimony was a little bit scattershot and a little bit all over the place, and frankly it's hard to discern from everything he said and everything he submitted what exactly his what exactly he perceived The, the only facts we have are the transcript of the actual hearing the and notes.
1: It's a the transcript yeah, or, uh, of him, uh, of, the, uh, of, the, of the hearing uh, okay, just, itself, okay. of the
4: questioning and his written statement, that, you know, but whether everything in there is true is unclear because we didn't experience that. So all we have is a firsthand, second-hand, secondhand, hand testimony of individuals who are proximate to what is being investigated. The one thing I want to point out is the Ukraine thing. And I think the Democrats have rallied around it because it's an easy story to tell. The president called the leader of Ukraine and said, do me a favor. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, um, you know, and uh, in exchange, you know, let's see how we can help you. It's an easy story. What I, You know, the only thing I, I want to add to that is the president, in my opinion, it's not a fact, it's an opinion, has violated the emoluments clause, has violated, uh, has obstructed justice, has committed so many other crimes that he should be impeached for that. The Ukraine one is, is simply just a matter of, of, of circumstance. It's the easiest thing to tell. When we come back, one of the concerns that a lot of people have is that
0: if Congress does not deal with Donald Trump now, based on everything that has been presented by the Democrats, it is going to encourage him in the future if he, continue, if he gets reelected, or it's going to, uh, it's going to give a, a roadmap to future presidents of what they can get away with. I want to talk about that when we come back, The Dangers of that right.
5: A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cyndi Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. Experience
6: the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theater's A Christmas Carol. For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at GoodmanTheater.org. Two
0: so months back in Chicago. The question that I'm going to ask our Republicans. Uh, a concern that a lot of people have is that if Donald Trump gets away with this, and you define whatever this is, but if he gets away with it, he, it's going to uh, just make him stronger, and it sends a signal about future presidents, and basically is, if they don't get Donald Trump on this, are they ever going to get any president on anything? Well, Dr. Kinsler, I want to get your reaction to to Because there's many people who think that's why Donald Trump has to be punished, uh, impeached, and removed from office.
3: See, I, I look at it from a different perspective. If we allow any partisan group, either Republicans or Democrats, to impeach a president, because they don't personally like him or because they're unhappy with the election results or they don't like his policies. I think what we're going to have is just a continuation of what we've had with this Congress for the last two years, which is they aren't getting the work of the people done. They're constantly bickering, fighting, having these hearings. I mean, you know, you know remember, most of these impeachment hearings uh, started behind closed doors with these private tribunals. They were, they were uh, sequestered away in, in some basement room. I mean, I just finished reading Solzhenitsyn's *The Gulag*, and that's much of how the Soviet Union got its start with these private tribunals and not, not having transparency. So
0: you're worried about that the problem is going to be on the other side, Judith Sherwin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very much worried about the same thing. The other thing that I'm I'm worried about is the is the way people just kind of accept the sort of litany of things that are thrown out there every time we talk about anything. Uh, we just heard that he violated the emollients clause. As as it happens, uh, the case has been dismissed several times. I don't even know if the case is still going on. The courts don't seem to think he's violated the emollients clause. Um, you know, we had we had. Uh, a two-and-a-half-year two yeah, two investigation about Russia collusion, which turned out to be a total dud. There was no Russia collusion, although it's rearing its ugly head again. Um, this obstruction of justice is a total chimera. So I'm worried about that, and I'm worried about the fact that future presidents are going to have to put up with the same thing. And 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 never get anything
0: done. Dave, are you worried about it? Because you said you were worried about it before the break. I I,
2: I, I. channeling inner power. Bauer. Okay, mm. okay. Um, because so much of what they just said was not true. But I'm going to let it all go, and we're going to I'm going to focus on this specific <laughs> question you've asked. Um, I am desperately concerned because what Donald Trump has done repeatedly for three for since the Democrats have taken over uh, the House is done things that no president has done in history, which is defy congressional oversight. He does not accept the fact that Congress has an oversight responsibility and an oversight right. And therefore, it's not just this hearing. I mean, let's not, just, let's not forget, it's not just the impeachment question where he's defying and saying, no witnesses, you can't talk to them. I mean, this has happened in time after time. There was the question about security clearances. Um, the Congress subpoenaed the White House. The White House said, no, you can't have this information. Why can't you have this information? When they subpoenaed Bill Clinton in Travelgate, Bill Clinton you know, turned over all these witnesses and turned over this information. This White House is lawless in a way that no president has been in history, and they've even asserted it in federal court and been mocked out of federal court by judges that said, you're making this up. There is no such thing as
0: the all-powerful executive. That's why we don't have kings anymore. Is the fear... Of four more years of an unfettered Donald Trump. Is that the biggest fear the Democrats can and will use to gather votes in 2020? Peter,
4: um, I don't think they need to use it. I think everyone is uh, who, you know, has, sees what's happening, at least in the Democratic side. Um, I feel like all the folks but, who made you Republicans and independents vote. So
0: in the bigger, broader issue, it was is the fear of, you know, there's a lot of people that 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 in this in 2016, they talked about how scary America would be if Donald Trump got elected. And well, they were right. What? Donald. Yeah. But Donald Trump got elected, whether you like it or not. My question is this with everything that we now know about Donald Trump and the fact that he would be president for four more years and never have to face another election, isn't that a greater fear? Is, is there any greater fear that you want to spread out there to the general public than, than so, that?
3: Sounds thought? like the Ronald Reagan days.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, Hi. have you ever Absolutely. Heard, the, you guys have heard the expression bread and circuses? You ever hear that expression before? Yeah. 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 Right now, that's, that's kind of what we've got. As long as the economy is doing well, and it is, or appears to be, um, people, most people who are going to decide the next election are not going to be super adversely affected by the increasing wealth gap by a lot of the issues that really are festering at the core of America. So, I mean, I don't know how to answer your question. I feel like most people are pretty entrenched in their views, and if you're Donald Trump, it, it, it's a substantial one. I don't think it's going to change, you know, people's minds. Uh, so I can move you a very quick Judith. One. Uh, Judith, I, I mean,
1: face. what I what I hear um, from our Democratic guests, and what I hear. You know, on CNN, which I watch, and MSNBC, which I watch, and Fox News, which I watch, is that the the Democrats and the left are very upset about the idea that he's going to be reelected, and that they don't have anybody who can prevent that. And looking at the scope of what we have right now, even though I think we haven't seen the ultimate nominee yet. Um, I still think Hillary may throw her hat in the ring. Um, oh I don't know. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, These guys are all shaking their heads now. No. We can agree on that. I, I can agree with you. we got something we can agree on, but but I don't know that she agrees, okay? I I don't see Plumber going anywhere. Uh, Tom Steyer has now gotten himself on the stage, which is kind of amazing to me, people giving money to a billionaire to run for president. But... I don't think any of these people are going to be able to beat him. And I don't think the Democrats think that any of these people are going to be able to beat him. Maybe really because the economy is so good. Your best shot. If something horrible happens to the economy, and I don't think that's it. Okay. When we
0: come back, we're going to go another hour. When we come back, we're going to talk about some other issues, uh, including uh, the 2020 race for president. And also we're going to be talking about uh, the shooting in Pensacola and what impact that has on the future of U.S.-Saudi relations. And uh, should we be training uh, you know, military people from other nations? That's a question that now is a legitimate question to ask. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us for hour number one. Another full hour coming up from Chicago. Don't go away.
10: About how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved?
7: Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking?
10: If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is
7: an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Alanon, Al-Anon and Alatine can, can help. Call 1 866 200 0223 or visit slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost
4: my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud
8: of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned.
7: I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education.
8: When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e verify, raise wages, and recruit left behind Americans? See what voters want at everifyworks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA because numbers.
10: Noise, and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing.
11: Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you you are going to die.
10: Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life made possible by an organ donor.
11: You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead.
10: More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago for hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Dave Lundy is one of our Democrats this evening, along with Peter Hanna. Our Republicans are Judith Sherwin and Jay Gordon Kinsler, who is running for uh, Congress uh, against, uh, in the 6th in the Congressional District, just uh, in the western suburbs of Chicago. Dave, I want to come back to something that you alluded to in hour number one, because if you're a longtime or a regular listener to this program, and you have been a regular guest on this program almost for 10 years now, they remember, or certainly I remember, you were a Democrat that was not in favor of impeachment. All right, n- not, and, and neither was Nancy Pelosi. She got pushed into it, and you have the, the, the left w- wing of the Democratic Party has been pushing everyone into that point, and obviously uh, votes will be taken soon on the issue. Uh, is, is the current situation with the Democratic Party— worse than you thought it would be when you sort of were against it six months ago, or is it not as bad as you thought it would be?
2: I I, I actually think you're... um Uh, Your question misreads what actually happened here. Okay. Um, Because it wasn't just me and Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and most people I know who were in you might call moderate Democrats who were opposed to impeachment. Um, We were opposed to impeachment because we didn't think it was a clear case where the president was abusing his power in a way that you could explain and convict. When the story about Ukraine came out, for me personally— It was a complete 180. Um, I was so shocked at how blatant the president was Um, in holding up Ukraine, um, the the machinations of Rudy Giuliani, of trying to create this this predicate um, of of corruption, when in fact what he was doing was using the power of his office and the money appropriated by Congress to hold up another country that was currently under and is currently under siege from Russia— but. No, no, not not butt. There's no butt here, Bruce. No, this, this was it.
0: This was the, this is my my butt is about the the question I asked, okay? Sorry. If all of that is true and your interpretation of what happened is you know I, I don't challenge your your veracity here. The point is that the that one of the reasons why you were opposed to moving forward on impeachment, I I'm going to interpret now. Is that you didn't think there was there wasn't an easy bumper sticker sign to put on it wasn't an easy case to make in the court of public opinion because it was a little convoluted, and yet you say then 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 along comes the phone call and the transcript, and in your mind, it clarified things because it were- changed it it made you more of a yes, let's have an impeachment. So my question now is now that it's all out there yes. Do you believe, having watched all this discussion or hearsay that, that's been uh, viewed as testimony, congressional testimony for three weeks now, do you believe you're closer to a political statement, a T-shirt, a button, that, that capsulizes why Donald Trump should be thrown out of office or because all of this stuff is now out there in the body politic, has it made it more difficult for you to make a clear-cut case to the independent voters.
2: No, it, it's... Look, previously, I thought the biggest imperative was to beat him in 2020 and that impeachment under right. the other circumstances would hinder that. I, um, this changed it. For me, it is very clear. Um, and the conclusion I reached, the conclusion I reached, and I've talked to others who were in similar positions, the conclusion I reached was we can't let the president do this. It's such a blatant abuse of power that... I can't take those political considerations um, in,
0: into effect any longer. Judy, how do you see the same transformation of of public opinion in the country?
1: Well, I mean, as I said the first in the first hour when you asked the question, the public opinion seems to be going in precisely the other direction. Before the first witness took the the microphone in the in the intelligence committee. Uh, Somebody, I think actually Fox News was reporting that more than 50 percent of the people thought that the president should be impeached and removed from office. That, in fact, has changed quite a bit in the last whatever it is, three weeks. All right. Particularly in the states that are the, you know, the blue wall, the former blue wall, uh, also on a national level, his popularity has gone up. The feeling about impeachment has... I know you're shaking your head. Well, I'm shaking
2: my head because your data is not correct.
1: Okay, my data isn't correct. That's fine. But the data that I have read, and again, the problem about facts. You know, I have read a number of sites, and I I make it a point to try to read a number of sites because this issue of facts being all over the place, um, and it seems that Public opinion is moving in the president's in the president's direction, and I come back to to where you were when you were saying no impeachment let's just beat him at the polls find somebody to beat him at the
0: polls i mean hey, at peter uh, uh, peter what what's your what's your assessment of the, of the evolution of of the uh, of this of the case against donald trump um has 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 ukraine Made it more difficult in the court of public opinion because it is it isn't a clear cut case.
4: I think I go back, or I would go back to what um, Adam Schiff said in his closing at the end of the intelligence committee hearings, which is, you know, he was very somber about it, and he said what he had said in the op-ed, you know, weeks or months earlier, which is he was reluctant to pursue impeachment. He said what changed his mind, what really pushed him over the edge is you know, the day after the Mueller report was released is the day that Trump had this call with Ukraine. And it was as if, or maybe the day after Mueller testified, but it was like right after one of those things occurred, Trump was just out there again, using his office to basically, um, you know, for political favors for himself. And I think it really crystallized the issue in his mind that this is a person who he just doesn't accept checks and balances. There's no limit to his abuse of power if we don't do something. And I think the Democrats, I really believe it is a reluctant, you know they've moved reluctantly because they didn't want to just go to, we're a year out from the election. They wanted to try in the polls. But I think you know when you look at history, when you look back at this moment, there it's going to be clear who acted in accordance with the Constitution, who acted with the best interest of the country, not themselves in mind. And I, you know, with all due respect to the, the folks in the room who disagree. With all due respect Republicans across the country and conservatives, I think it's the Democrats who are doing the right thing and trying to check a president who sees no limit to his power. Okay, well, we'll see if the voters
0: agree with that. Let's see if the callers agree with it. Let's go to Calvin listening to us on KXLY in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Cal. Are you there? Calvin, are you there? Calvin, are you there on line one? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Speak up. Um, I think the impeachment process is being used in
7: completely the wrong way. And my solution would be it has to be bipartisan.
0: How do you get it to be bipartisan in this era that we live in? Uh, I I agree with you. uh, It It would be great if you could get there, but I don't know how you get there.
7: It would take a modicum of statesmanship, which that's far gone. But my solution would be, uh, if there's say 75% Democrat in the House, then they need to have 25% Republicans also sign off on a bill that's going to support impeachment. So whether it's impeachment or whether it's a congressional hearing, you got to have bipartisan support. And I'd use the same ratio it's a okay. Party.
5: Gotta really go. Party. Thank you. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson Five, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv.
6: Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theater's A Christmas Carol. For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for a Christmas Carol today at GoodmanTheater.org.
0: You
2: know, it's really not worth three, three
0: back. hours. back. Let's go to Steve right. in Oswego, Illinois. Go ahead. You're on the air, Steve. Thank you, Bruce.
11: Uh, I've uh, caught your show 20 some years ago and I've been listening since. Well, thank you very um, much exactly- for your loyalty. Yeah, I have. A, I, it was a Birmingham station that I tuned into. Anyway, uh, before I get to my point, uh, Dr. Kinsler. Yeah. I really hope that you win the primary. I don't live in your district, but I know who your opponent is, and you don't have to be conser- or toxic to be conservative. But uh, that aside. Thanks, Steve. Jonathan Tur- Jonathan Turley is the, the is the one man with the sense in the room. He says. Yes, if you, if Trump did what you say he did, then yes, it's impeachable. However, you haven't proved it. So what happens if they go through the impeachment process and the Senate does not convict, and then something comes out that proves that he committed an impeachable crime? You're going to impeach him again?
0: Thank you. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, you I,
2: I don't think you would impeach him again for this. Um, I think more evidence is coming out and will continue to come out. Um, sooner or later, Bolton's going to speak. And when Bolton speaks, he's going to back up the notion that Donald Trump ordered this and that it was what he referred to as Rudy's drug deal.
4: He's not speaking for
2: oh, Bolton's
3: know. got an axe to grind. I mean, really, how do, you,
2: how do you, know know you know that? Because numerous people said he called
0: it Rudy's drug deal. Are you, are you Judy, yes. are you worried if, if John Bolton says he's going to testify, are you worried about that? No, absolutely not. Step absolutely not. No. Doctor, are you worried about it? Now, you know, again,
3: most of the people so far that have testified against our president have an axe to grind against him. And that's why this has been just highly partisan. You know, you guys were talking before about now that more is coming out. Well, I mean, every day the general public, it's like propaganda. It's like brainwashing. And they just hear Trump bad, Trump bad, Trump bad most of the American people are starting to see this for what it is. It's very partisan and it's very much that they don't want to legitimize the election and the president and they want to reverse that. And I think people are getting downright upset about it. And I think if the Democrats were doing this to help stop Trump or help stop his reelection, they're just sadly mistaken. And this is going to backfire in a huge way. And you know, polls, but but just the common guy you talk to on the street is starting to see this for what it is. I mean, when you talk to people in Washington or people, you know, in these academic centers, you know, you can kind of just keep convincing yourself of all these things. But the bottom line is, lo- look at the basics. He was getting $400 million of taxpayer money, to go to a foreign country, and I, for one, want to make sure that that money is being used wisely and I want to make sure that it's not being squandered or given to somebody's relative that's going to somehow benefit somebody down the road. And and that's what it's
2: come down to. Except that there was a legal review process that was undertaken before and it passed muster they said yes the 400 million dollars is going to be used properly just like the Mueller report and, and the tsa you're, and you're all that
3: stuff and, yes. and by the way you 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 they just they look for you a, just a crime slandered. they're looking for you a crime slandered. Kind of fixed
2: you just slandered those witnesses who spoke who did not have an axe to grind. Fiona Hill has an axe to grind with Donald Trump. These are all Republicans who were testifying. These are either career civil so you servants. Can, uh, you can be a Republican and have an axe to sure, grind right. against but Donald Trump. But you're Trump. talking it's about people Should who are either career like civil servants or career military people. That's of part of the problem. There's the a career. lot of Democrats that like oh, our president. Come on. No, you, cannot, is... you cannot now say, you, I'm sorry, you cannot this, this attempt by the Republicans to say, if you have chosen a career in public service you are bad and untrustworthy no, no, that is, is not, a slander against the entire civil
0: service not, in this country
1: that is not I what anybody is, is saying that's exactly yeah. what you're yeah. saying well, you don't even know what I'm states. saying because you didn't let, let me say uh, Judy, it
0: say what you're going to say
1: all right, so, <laughs> <laughs> well there's two things I want to say first of all just in listening to the people who testified at, at the intelligence committee they clearly were very unhappy with Donald Trump thinking that he was controlling the foreign policy of the United States of America. Don't shake your head. Let me finish. And and they were annoyed by that. They were clearly very annoyed by that, and they didn't like it. That was one thing that came out very clearly. And it was really kind of upsetting that these people had more to say about it than the president of the United
0: States. That's the first thing. Were you I'm, upset? I want to ask you a qu- I, I, I want to upset I because, wanted to make a point about go ahead, bipartisanship. Make, make the point. If I can. Make the point, and then— Real quick.
1: And, and it's something that— um, Dr. Kinsler said, and, and, you know, there should be bipartisanship that Art Caller said. In fact, there has been bipartisanship. The the vote that was taken in the House, there were two Democrats who said, don't do this. All right. So the only bipartisanship that there has been in this procedure is that two Democrats have broken with their caucus for whatever reason. I have no idea why they don't believe there should be an impeachment and they have sided with the Republicans. So I think that, that um, this is something that does need to be taken into account. And I think that there is, the state department has always had issues with presidents, has always had issues on certain foreign policy issues that they think they know better and that's clearly what i saw i'm not slandering them i'm just listening to what they said
3: it's not good for it's not good for when our president goes abroad to to have deal with north korea to deal with china to deal with our nato allies to constantly having this democrat congress badgering and belittling and you know Putting them through this—it's just—it's not good for America, and I think Americans are starting
0: to see that. In the first, in the first wave of of testimony, the, the one thing that, as I'm, I'm always looking at it is as, as to how do I perceive, it's playing in the court of public opinion, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying is that the uh, uh, the, the, the the ambassador, the, the female ambassador, who lost her job. Uh, I thought she made a very compelling case. She she did, clearly is someone who could have an axe to grind. I totally agree with that. I, I factor that into my into my assessment. But it, but if I'm if I'm an average person watching happen, who happens to be watching this hearing, I can see in 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 that case. I don't think it's necessarily an impeachable offense. But I did not see any reason why. Rudy Giuliani and others had to go out of their way to, to rough up, to dirty up this ambassador as she was out the door. She clearly was in the way. The president clearly has the right to, to relieve her. But I don't think under, under the issue of, of fairness and just decency, I don't think you have to, 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 to rough up a 30-year a, a employee of the State Department and, and, and say all bad things about her. I think in the court of public opinion, I think that looked bad. To me, it reinforced the one thing the Democrats already know about Donald Trump. He's a real jerk. He's a New Democrats Democrat, and, and I could, I, not I'm an not going to use the other offense. word I was going to use because we're on the radio. But you know what? He's not a really nice guy. But a lot of Republicans say, you know what? He's not a really nice guy, but he's, he's on our side. And that's good enough for us. Well,
2: he's on Putin's side.
0: Oh, God. Yes. Who,
2: who benefited? Who benefited from Donald Trump's undermining and
0: threatening the Ukrainian regime? Putin who benefited from the release of javelins as opposed to right. blankets in the war against russia they yes but Ukraine? it was not just the, re- the it was well, not well, ju- no, well, no, well, no, well, no 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 it, was, just, it was not just it was
2: not just blankets gave them they trained okay. the ukrainian military that's right yeah.
0: Yeah, that's you right. cannot okay. say that there was nothing, nothing on the military they trained in the military on the use of words. the blankets right. my question is this uh, Would you acknowledge that if one president is asked for javelins and they say no and another president comes along and says, we're going to give you javelins so you can fight the big bad bear. Right. That the guy who gives you the the javelins is probably more in tune of trying to get you to beat the bear. Until he wasn't.
4: Yeah. And just said one one minor point and make of it what you will. But the president before the current president of Ukraine was wildly corrupt Russian puppet. So I think you know, Obama and that administration and his State Department had to factor that into what they were providing them. So I mean, I wasn't in the administration, but before uh, Zelensky came all those along, those that testified,
0: by the way, all those Democrat witnesses who testified, mm-hmm. they all said that Donald Trump deserves the credit for giving them. Right.
4: A I didn't say oh, no, I didn't
8: say anything right, to the contrary.
0: I didn't say
4: anything the contrary.
3: Yes, doctor. So, so first of all, what I have to say is I have to do a waiver and everything. I'm still active in the Army Reserve, so anything I say does not reflect the opinion of the Department of Defense or the Department of Army. We will not hold it against you. Well, I have to make sure anyone listening also knows that. These are my own personal opinions, but I've served under three presidents, Bush, Obama, and now Trump, and I can tell you as far as who has their back, I've never seen the morale of the troops as high as it is now under Trump for a multitude of reasons, one of which he actually gave our men and women in service raises. You know, in the eight years Obama was president, they did not get one raise. I used to be the president of the Park District of Glen Ellen. We would give people raises three to four percent per year. Our military, and I'm not talking about guys that have went for one or two deployments to places like Afghanistan or Iraq, but some of them five or six. They have two or three, four kids, a wife. They couldn't hardly afford with their salaries during the Obama years to stay in the military. In fact, we lost a lot of great warriors because they had to get out of the military to find another job. So, 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 so he, he has their back, and, and that's what I have experienced personally.
2: No disagreement with you on the raises. I know that it was an issue under Bush. It was an issue under Obama. Um, uh, I'm glad they got raises. Um, but I'm not sure that your um, fellow soldiers in Syria— Given what he did in Syria, by withdrawing the way he did, would agree with you, you know, if, about the if morale. If my
3: son and, or my nephews are still my, my nephews are still in, I'm glad he gets them out of places where they're not needed or where there's not a clear need for American presence, because that's what a president has to cite. It's a huge decision. To send somebody in harm's way.
0: Gotta pause 1 800 723 8289 from coast to coast and border to border and around the world on BeyondTheBeltway.com. I'm Bruce Dubot. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll
5: Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson Five, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cyndi Lauper, ZZ Top. Eric Clapton and more Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago From Bandstand to Gaga Let's rock on TV For info and tickets, visit museum.tv
6: Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theaters' A Christmas Carol for over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a 1000000 theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at goodmantheater.org. This guy was like.
0: Simumot back in Chicago. Thanks very much. A reminder again: uh, if you have, uh, if if you're a regular listener to this program and you've enjoyed it for many many years, or just maybe you recently discovered it, uh, we get this program to you via satellite. Uh, There are growing costs in the production of this program. And again, as we look to 2020, we'd like to be here each and every Sunday night to provide you with a bipartisan, a a discussion, and as you heard tonight, sometimes a very combustible discussion uh, involving people with great passion on all sides. That's the pledge of this program. We're in our 39th year. We've been doing it for 39 years. But if you would like to support this program, you can go to the GoFundMe page. Uh, and look up Beyond the Beltway. It's very simple to do it. If you've never done it before, gofundme.com is where you go. Look up Beyond the Beltway. It's a real quick way where you can make a donation uh, to support. And, again, I can promise you every penny will be used for satellite services Keep this program going. Again, we had a very good response last week when I mentioned it for the first time. So if you want to do it, you can go to the phone right now or in the holiday giving time. We would appreciate uh, your support. And, again, that's for everybody, whether you're listening. In other words, it's always nice to go on that sheet and, and, and or go and check into it and find some people that you know. But it's even nicer when you go there and you find people that you don't know. They're out in Radioland. Someone's been listening to the show for 25 years. They live in Spokane, Washington. Again, you know, uh, they, they sent along some uh, a very generous gift. So that's really nice to, to run into the people out in Radio Land and now on YouTube that uh, support the program. So GoFundMe.com. On another point, completely, if I don't say this tonight, I will be lynched when I get home. But again, today is my grandson's third birthday, and Jesse Samuel, you're three years old, and I know he's a regular listener to this program, and we'll be conversing all about the impeachment issue when I see him. Wait, there are children
2: listening to this program? There Uh-oh. are children.
0: actually, yes, yeah, supposed to. They start right at birth. Hmm. I lose them at the teen. I lose my teenage granddaughters. But anyway, come happy birthday, Jesse Samuel. Um, I want to go to you, Peter, um, because you wanted to make a point on the shooting in Pensacola. uh, What happened, why it happened, and how do we make sure it never happens again?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'll defer to uh, the doctor about, you know, with respect to sort of relationships we have with other countries and their troops coming and training in our officer schools. um, I think, though, the point that I want to emphasize is I think the president's response was really misguided. And um, I think coming out after such a tragedy uh, and just saying, look, I've spoken to the Saudi king. He's really upset about this. The whole Saudi, you know, the whole Saudi uh, kingdom is really upset about this. You know, it's it's just so tone deaf to me. Saudi Arabia is the number one exporter of the ideology that fuels, you know, some of the most militant sorts of terroristic activity around the globe. We are. And I mean, it's not just Trump, Obama, Bush, you know, Clinton been very, very chummy with the Saudi government for a long time. And the one thing I would have given Trump credit for in his, like, quote, unquote, draining the swamp is if he actually reevaluated that relationship. We're not as reliant on Saudi oil. The rest of the world is. But um, I don't know why, uh, you know, a journalist gets literally butchered in Istanbul and, you know, we turn a blind eye. Government is incredibly repressive. We turn a blind eye. And now one of their officers, one of their, you know, Members of their military shoots three of our officers in a naval. Because he hates America, mm-hmm. Trump. said, "No, no, he no." Because the person said he hated America. Yeah, and I mean, and the president comes out, and you know, ha, what if this had been a Mexican immigrant or an, an illegal immigrant? What if this had been someone, you know, I don't know, someone an avowed Islamic terrorist doing this outside in California or something? I mean, his response would be Trump's response would be completely different.
0: Doctor uh, Kinsler, go ahead. Your response. So, um,
3: first of all, on behalf of Bruce, the show, and, and my panel members, because we talked about it, break our our condolences, prayers, and thoughts go out to the family right. of our servicemen. They go, you know, when you send your son or daughter into the military, especially when they're garrisoned at home base, the last thing you would expect is to lose them and go through this tragedy. So, so our thoughts and prayers are with the family. A- after saying that. This is something that needs to thoroughly be investigated. I mean, this should be uh, intolerable uh, for us as a nation to to stand and, and let this happen. And, you know, this isn't the first time. Uh, going back to June of 2009 at Little Rock, we had one recruiting officer killed by a jihadist, by an Islamic terrorist. Uh, back in um, uh, 11 of 2009, we had the Major Hassan. Another terrorist actually killed should thirteen. We, but but should Flint. should
0: we stop the practice of training foreign fighters? Because obviously, if our goal—and certainly it has been with Saudi Arabia—we want to sell them lots of stuff. Right. They are a customer. Right. If you buy a new airplane, you have to fly the airplane, or you have. So, I don't think there's any meaningful way that that you really stop training foreign uh, nationals to uh, You have to military look at the,
3: the risk ber- versus the benefits. Uh, well, you've got, going you've got to on, we had, ch-
0: we Probably had need four, four them Marines them killed better. at, at, at no, the,
3: Chattanooga. Now no. we've got Pensacola. We need to have vetting, and we need to have better vetting of people, particularly who we let in to any military installations, because we know... There is a deep-seated hatred for us, for our, for our way of life. I, you know, We would not be able to sit at a conference like this in a radio and broadcast <laughs> these views and Just talk like about you know, what we think of our president or what we think about our congressional leaders. Uh, we, we wouldn't probably survive you know when we walked out the door. So, so I mean, for, for all the problems we have, we still have a great system. We need to protect it. And anyone, any enemy of the United States that wants to take that away or infringe on that, needs to be met with the full force of our oh, yeah. military in in America.
0: And I think everybody agrees everybody agrees with I think all your points uh, doctor. Absolutely.
2: I, and and I I was I was struck that um during the break you talked about um you were a little disappointed in the president's reaction as well and I think that it's something that You know, I I think back to what his reaction during Khashoggi and he almost didn't react. He almost Mm -hmm. basically ignored it and didn't want to say anything that might possibly um, offend the the Saudis um, with whom he has a lot of business relationships. That's not that's not slander. That's fact. Um, uh, And I think that we are in a position where. Uh, frankly, our president's reactions are governed by um, who he has financial reactions r- relationships with. Thus, the Turkey situation, uh, thus Saudi Arabia, and thus Russia.
0: Judy,
1: yeah, I, I mean, I quite frankly, I do think that's a slander. Um, it's an assumption that has not been proven. Which part? The fa- <laughs> that he makes his decisions based on who he has business relationships with. I think he makes decisions, as, as has been pointed out, I think, by Peter. It isn't just Trump. There was Bush. There was Obama. They have all gone soft on the Saudis. We have to remember that these were this is, this is the country that spawned the 9-11 hijackers. Um, and, and quite frankly, um, I was disappointed. In his response to this, and um, I think that um, you know there needs don't to be a very strong do, response to what's need going on their
0: here. Oil anymore, right. But don't we need their, well, we their need landing them. pads? We we need we need their we need land them. so we can land our we fighters. Also, and
1: we the also least. need them as the natural enemy of Iran. And and right. so I think you know we have to take a look at some of these. Th- I of mean, Iran.
3: Hmm? of Iran, Iran, right.
1: yes. Right. And I think that the the I'm unhappy with the president's response. I wish he'd had a little more fervor in his response to what had happened. But I think that um, he has to deal with the Saudis which means he has to have a somewhat measured response in what has happened here. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do understand that there are other factors. And the factors are not his business relationships. His factors are American foreign policy in the Middle East. These people are something we have to deal with in the Middle East. Peter, it's very important.
4: I think, I think one of the points that Dave was making and Judy has responded to is that the president sometimes takes a transactional approach to a lot of uh, policymaking. Um, it's really not intended as a slander. It, in, to me and Dave, I guess it's it's a fact, um, and he's been pretty clear about that with respect to NATO and other alliances. You know, what, what are they paying into it? Should we be committed to it? Absolutely, and, and I, I agree with you. I agree I, with you on that. And I think there's a degree of that that could be seen in the Saudi, not necessarily his personal finances, although there's probably some of that too. But. Just with respect to how much they're paying for military equipment, et cetera. To answer your question, though, do we need Saudi Arabia? America, um, and hopefully the doctor will back me up, has a pretty substantial presence in the Gulf. We have allies in North Africa. We have obviously allies in Central, you know, Europe. We can deal with Iran from the sea. Um, we can deal with Iran any way we like. Saudi Arabia um, continues to be important and relevant because I think they've poured money into building personal relationships with people in American politics and, um, so they've been smart. Uh, I mean, they've been shrewd. They've been but
0: smart as, as has the state of Israel, right? Trump. Uh, haven't they both been smart?
4: I think both, both have been very shrewd and, and, you know, artful in how they've gone about building American relationships. But I think, you know, if, if you are buying the Donald Trump, like drain the swamp, you know, uh, kind of like lo- lo- slogan, why isn't he draining that swamp? I mean, Saudi Arabia is the net exporter of terrorism in the world and gave us most of the nine eleven attackers and continue to do it. Let
0: me ask this let me ask this question because you you referenced it, and I don't want to lose track of it. Uh, this past week in NATO, the President brought up again uh, the, the the dues he feels are due from NATO uh, members. Uh, a percentage of their gross national product should go into their defenses, and that they haven't really paid their dues. They're well behind. Uh, he he did this in an embarrassing way, sitting with you know uh, Justin Trudeau sitting you know too free from him. Uh, but what's wrong with the president of the United States demanding that NATO pay its fair share? Dave Lundy
2: nothing president obama did the same thing and in fact the percentage of gdp being paid into the uh, by did he ever do it a, in a no, public on. way he never did it in the obnoxious way that that donald trump does <laughs> but he did it in, i'm sorry he did it in an effective way that he resulted he did
0: the money was going in the right direction when donald trump took office
4: hey, and the president, presidents should, okay. we
0: should. got to pause back shortly the, de- the republicans are in shock yeah.
8: The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA because numbers count
9: every year millions of americans use opioids to manage pain and reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in american history that's why the cdc recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain physical therapists treat pain through movement hands-on care and patient education no warning labels required when it comes to your health you have a choice choose physical therapy visit moveforwardpt.com to find a physical therapist in your area
0: Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Let's go to Mark listening to us on KION in Carmel, California. Go ahead, Mark.
11: Hey, good evening, Bruce, uh, and, and season's greetings to the best show on radio. Thank nice.
0: you very, very much, Hi, Mark. Put them
11: back Appreciate that. And, and listen, so apparently the IG's report's going to drop tomorrow, Durham's report. Uh-huh.
0: No, not, no, not Durham. Term. No, no, not the Horowitz.
4: Horowitz. Okay, well... Listen, the Horowitz it, which,
0: report comes up tomorrow. Durham before. is the U.S. attorney from Connecticut, and he's, uh, he's probably a couple of months away, and he has subpoena powers. But go ahead.
11: Well, listen, I, I'm thinking it's going to change the paradigm of everything because, frankly, I think that's one of the reasons the Democrats are pushing this thing so hard so fast is because they're scared to death that the things that are going to be released in both the IG report and the ensuing Durham report are going to be so damning
0: that they can't handle the hit. All right, let's let uh, Dave Lundy has a comment for you, Mark.
2: So when that report comes out tomorrow, and it is not at all what you expect, and it does not back up a deep state controversy, uh, a conspiracy, and it does not say that, in fact, the FBI, CIA, Obama administration uh, uh, conspired to undermine uh, President Trump and did not spy on President Trump, will you come back on next week and tell us, oops, you were wrong? Because everybody Absolutely. in Fox News land believes this, and yet the... The reports that have come out, there have been numerous, nu- numerous yes. reports, leaks in various newspapers that have come out and said the horror. The IG report is not going to back up the deep state conspiracy, and the attorney
0: general doesn't like the, the report.
4: And the attorney general doesn't like the report.
1: Right. Well, that's well, one of the leaks. That's one of, of the, the leaks. leaks. All
4: yeah. needs to have those. Uh, j- just a reality check for you and me is one or two lines or paragraphs. For you know, folks to sink their teeth into to say like deep state proven, and that's probably yeah. what will happen.
0: Right. No, no it, it'll be and it'll be low level. It'll it'll be the uh, uh, you know the right. It'll be low it'll level. Be the people. Peter struck uh, Lisa right. Page. Right. How did you it's like? Not Lisa, even going to be Peter struck and Lisa Page. Uh, how do you like uh, Lisa Page? A blast coming out and blasting the president. She's so offended <laughs> by what the by uh, the president mocked her um i didn't think as it a was, woman as a woman as a woman were you offended by his uh mockery of her no That was not okay no. you thought it was funny
1: i thought it was funny
0: okay roger in austin texas on klbj go ahead roger
1: good evening
7: best to you all thank you sir you know thanks roger democrats keep repeating their overwhelming evidence talking point and And how even undisputed falsely implying that Trump's refusal to lend them any credibility in their efforts is uh, somehow agreement. Um, Democrats evidence is largely hearsay and opinion. And it's it's underwhelming, (laughs) really not overwhelming. It's underwhelming. If this thing gets to the Senate, it's all over for the Democrats. And they're going to have to live with the fallout of their partisan hatred of Trump. They've hollered impeachment for three years and their credibility on this is zero. Democrats are driving a deep rift in our national leadership, and that promises far greater negative consequence than anything related to Ukraine or those petty attacks on emoluments and all that other nonsense against Trump. They've succeeded in lowering the bar to partisan attack on future presidents, and we're gonna be living with this for a long time.
0: Roger, stay on the line. Peter Han, I want you to respond to that because I think he was zeroing in on, on you as well as David.
4: Hey, Roger. Well, you know, not surprisingly, I disagree. Um, and I could tell you that um, with respect to the, the notion that it's hearsay, it's, it's actually not. We had Sondland. We had, uh, I think his name David Hill, Fiona Hill. We had multiple people who heard what they heard and testified to that fact. But, you know, just a broader point, um, the Democrats have asked for the people who are in the room uh, to come testify, and the Republic Trump has said no, so I mean it's, I do find it funny that like there has been no exculpatory evidence and no favorable evidence put forward by the Trump campaign and every time the Democrats have said, "Could you please produce these witnesses or produce these materials that could potentially not be hearsay and be direct from the horse 's mouth uh the and the
0: whistleblower has not come forward
4: but it doesn 't matter. The whistleblower said that this conversation about you know Ukraine aid happened, and then we 've had like ten people corroborate exactly that fact. His or her identity is immaterial. And I mean, the, the idea of, like, get the whistleblower... Hey, what about his motivation?
0: What about his motivation?
4: I mean, Whistleblower's it, motivation. Immaterial. I mean, I could have an uh, axe to grind against you know my company. I work for DuPont. Um, and then all of a sudden there's some information that they're dumping chemicals into a, into a river. Whether or not I have an axe to grind doesn't change the fact that they're dumping chemicals into a river. Well, and whether or not this whistleblower has an axe what to grind doesn't change the fact that... In a, politi-
0: in a political but, climate, though, Peter... If the person who is the whistleblower uh, has had relations with the DNC, is also worked on, uh, you know, close with Vice President Biden when he was the vice president, don't you think that a lot of average people who are just out there in radio and TV land, they might say, you know what, here's a guy who, who wants Donald Trump to look bad? The guy the guy also by the way was was charged with with leaking information right. and he was kicked out of the White House the, now you talk about a disgruntled employee I mean disgruntled employees can can disgruntled employees tell the truth yes but can disgruntled employees say that they acted without any motivation I don't think so but we're still
2: we're still waiting for anything that was in the whistleblower
0: report to be proven false yeah.
3: Roger, thanks for calling. Uh, You were right on with your comments. Uh, I think the Democrats are finding that they're hurting America, not helping
0: Jay, Gordon Kinsler has been with us this evening. He is a Republican. He wants to go to the United States House of Representatives. Judy Sherwin is not interested in going to the House of Representatives. She is an attorney. She also teaches at Loyola University. And also, Peter Hanna has been with us. He teaches at uh, Chicago-Kent College of Law. He's with the ACLU. And uh, Dave Lundy has been with here. He's with a Communication. Nice to have you back. We had uh, strong Democrats this evening, strong Republicans. It's been a Donnybrook. Things got very, very tense, but it is the holiday season. <laughs> no punches were thrown. I'm and, sorry we didn't get to toilets. And we didn't get to toilets. We didn't get to the toilets. <laughs> I'm Bruce Dumont. I thanks to Fritz Goldman and the ever-popular Andrew Marshall for their assistance in the production of this program. Until next Sunday night, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from sh- Chicago.
4: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam.
8: I'm a veteran. My victory
4: was finding a career that I could be proud of.
8: At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned.
4: I'm
7: Cece. My victory was finishing my education.
8: When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's E-Verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require E-Verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers
10: Noise, and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing.
11: Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die.
10: Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life made possible by an organ donor.
11: You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead.
10: More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.